And hello, welcome to the Immortal Index, another episode on the books. You may have uh, checked out the last episode where I read chapters one through five of This MC is Kick-Ass. Thanks for the recommendation from Jimmy, who is the translator of Rain of the Hunters. Uh, super excited to be here today. We're going to be talking to uh, translator of This MC is Kick-Ass, uh, Sigil, and just here a second. As always, thank you so much for watching the show. Thank you so much for supporting it. Please hit that subscribe button, share, like, comment, all that jazz. The more comments you leave on the video, the higher they are on searchability. And I reply to, I think I try to reply to every single comment that there is. So the more you do it, uh, the more that I can talk to you. Uh, it's really fun. Also, if you've been communicating on Twitter, uh, that's a good way to get in touch with me at Immortal Index or at Stephen Lemieux. I'm going to be doing some uh, a video with uh, Deathblade soon, which is going to be cool, so you can look forward to that. And, you know, I still haven't decided where to move to next for uh, for after this MC is kick-ass. So if you have any suggestions, you're more than welcome to send them to the channel, comment on the video, uh, any of that jazz. So I'm excited to talk to Sigil today because I haven't really talked to translators too much about the process behind it while working on a team because most of them I've talked to so far are mostly like aside from an editor are just kind of doing it themselves. So this uh, this novel has multiple translators on it, which is awesome because it's it, I'd love to hear a little bit more about the workflow and everything behind that. So without further ado, I'm going to introduce uh, him. We have translator for This MC is Kick-Ass on ValerNovels.com, which you can uh, find right now in the link in the description, or you can go to ValerNovels.com slash this-mc-is-kickass uh, if you are listening. Uh, we have Sigil on the line. Hey, Sigil. How's it going? Uh, I'm good. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, of course. Thank you for thank you for hitting me up on Discord. It's it's uh it's good to um, you know, I I never really was part of Discord before, so like being involved in it now, it's kind of cool to like communicate with, with with a lot more of these translators throughout the different like networks. Like I'm on the Wusha World one, I'm on the 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 Valera Novels one, so it's kind of cool. I got to dive into the the novel updates and all that kind of stuff, but I have yet to. But uh, because I have you, I want to, I want to first ask, um, cause I haven't been able to find out too much about you. you don't have, you don't have a Twitter, you don't have a Patreon. You're a bit of a mystery to me. So, so tell me, is this MC is kick-ass? Is this the first novel you've been translating or have you translated others in the past? Uh, I've done others in the past. Um, actually, uh, before I came on Vole, I did my own translating on my own personal site, which is, uh, not around anymore. I started on WordPress and then I moved to a self-hosted site. So the the novel I did at first was a Chi novel. It was called uh, My Girlfriend is a Zombie. Uh, I picked it up from a previous translation group, which uh, stopped translating it already. And I did it for a while. After that, uh, there was the whole uh, Chi Dian thing. You know, I, I started translating just as the Chi Dian's uh, saga hit. Uh, where, you know, they were going around sending emails to people asking them to join uh, the Qi Jian side of things for people who are translating Qi novels. So I, I went around asking Wu Xiaowo, uh, all the big sites like Wu Xiaowo and Volet, whether they would want to take me in because I know they, they, they were trying to aim for licensing and that was my hope to join them instead of going over to, to Qi. And uh, in the end, none of them wanted the Qi novel because they were trying to stray <laughs> away from them. But... Uh, uh, Volet Evo was nice enough to, to offer me to offer me a novel lead position on Volet, and then I accepted her offer and I went over, and then um, uh, we we have some pre-authorized novels already in the list, and uh, TMK kind of stood out to me because it was a, a virtual reality a novel. You know there there are some out there like uh, King's Avatar, 
and Reign of the Hunters, and and now show me the money. But there aren't really that much out there, and I were I'm actually quite interested in the lit RPG not uh, genre, so I figured it would be fun to do something the Chinese version of it. That's pretty cool. So, so you have you have you read some of those novels before you got into it, or where was it kind of like you researched them once you discovered that this was an option? Like, have you read Rainbow Sculptor or Overgeared or King's Avatar? Have you you've already read those? Um, no, I, I, actually, honestly, before that, I didn't know that the uh, the Chinese side of things had had lit RPGs, but I have been following quite a few lit RPG novels on the Western side of things, especially on Royal Road, because you know it's. You, you the the people that are so crazy about the RPGs, and then uh, some of the author have even said that you know if you want your novel to do well, just add a blue screen and you get tons of views. It's <laughs> pretty good. Uh, so when when you dove in, was it what what was some of the difficulties? Because you had already translated in the past on your own website, but was it was it difficult at all to integrate yourself into a pre-established website and now? With a team, I'm assuming you work with Teapot. You work with two, with Koo, right? And uh, Maiden Rosie. And you got to tell me about Maiden Rosie here in a second. But <laughs> were there any difficulties integrating yourself? Um. Well, you know, going to a new community, that's always a bit of a... Uh, uh, it always takes a bit of time to familiarize yourself with the people because, you know, you're always an outsider when, when you first go into a community. So, you know, it took a while for me to mingle and really get comfortable with them. And also before that, on my own side, I used uh, I used to translate everything by myself. Now I have some I have some people helping me out uh, here and there. So that it was also a bit of a learning process figuring out how to go about working with the team, coming out of uh, workflow, you know, so processes and all that. Um, but now, yeah, it's okay. Every everything's quite okay now. So what is what is the workflow like? How do you use? Uh, how do you translate as a team? Because it's I've always been curious about that. Whenever I saw it, have multiple translators and not just like oh, these ones picked up from chapter 100 to 150, but then you picked it up. Like, how does it work workflow-wise? Um, well, I can't, I can't say for everyone because, you know, everyone has their own style. And um, I don't think there's, across any translation community, that there's really any standardized process on how you go about working in a team. So each person has their own style. But for me personally, I, uh, first of all, you know, I have to go, go looking for people that are, that are willing to help me. And then after that, what I do is I just assign them chapters. Uh, so like, okay, for example, I'm working on chapter 100 now. So I think this person will take about a week or two weeks to work on this chapter. So I time it roughly like, okay, where will I be in a week or two's time? Maybe I'll be at chapter 110. So then I'll assign them chapter 111 or 110 so that by the time I reach there, I'll be able to handle that. I'll be able to take on their chapter and I get to work in a chronological order. So even though that person may not have context because they're just suddenly thrown thrown into the mix, thrown into a chapter, I'll know what's going on. So I'll be able to fix any inconsistencies that they might have. And also to alleviate the problem a bit, I I maintain a glossary, like especially for character names. You know, I, I think I think you've seen some of it already, some of the uh game names and TMK are kind of out there. And if you were to look at the Chinese, it can be inter- it can be translated in a few ways. So I have a glossary that with with all the names with all of the characters' names there already. So any anyone who helps me out has access to the glossary and they can just refer to it and pluck out the names. Got it. That makes a lot of sense. And then is this kind of like a training program for Valer? Like do or do you choose or find out your own assistants uh, or or helpful translators? Or is it more like? Uh, sorry. So the question would be more. 
Uh, do you seek out your own kind of assistance and help with translating, or are there a list of people that are kind of being uh, brought up in the translation game by Valer that are going to move on to their own novels once they're ready? Uh, actually, this this ties into our recruitment process because uh, we have we we have applications forms where people can apply to be either an editor or a translator, and then from there uh, we'll go through it. We'll go through all the applications, and if they pass, then they'll be sent. They'll be pushed out to any translators who needs uh, an assistant. So from there, the translator will look at the at the test, at the applicants' test, and they'll decide. Oh, I like this guy's style. Uh, I want them. Or if not, they'll just be passed on to the next person. Hmm. So it, it's more like it, it's more like um anyone who passes the test will be put into a pool and they'll they they'll they'll be sitting there until someone someone needs them. Got it. And then do, are you basically you basically manage the team then? Hmm. So each um in Volet we have um the head translator is called a novel lead, and that person manages all aspects of the novel, things like release rate. Uh, whether they need a helper, whether they need an editor, quality control, everything. Wow. Yeah. Uh, and that, awesome. are you that for MC is Kick-Ass? Yeah, yeah. And that was for DMK. Got it. And it, so how do uh, how does it usually work when people have like a Patreon then? Does the Patreon get split between everyone who's on the novel or is that kind of like a separate issue? Because I know you don't uh, have a Patreon. Uh, yeah, yeah that, that's, that's hard to say because it's, it's everything's on a very individual basis hmm. um, um i think most people do I, i'm not sure I, I really can't say for sure because you know i, I myself don't have one um but uh like take editors for example most of the time uh depending on how the translator wants to work they could give the editor a fixed pay per chapter um i, I don't know maybe five or ten bucks per chapter it's it I, I i i'm not so sure how much other people pay their editors or they could pay a percentage base for for the work so yeah, it all depends on the translator. It's up to the translator to work out how they want to go about paying their their helpers and their editors. And you know, obviously the the helpers and the editors have to agree to it. So everyone comes to a consensus, and then we they move on from there. Got it. And then why is it that you don't have a Patreon? Is it just you don't feel like you want to build it yet, or is it just like because I know I talked to I believe it was Jimmy who said that he just doesn't like feel having people pay for chapters, um, but everyone has a different reason. Mm -hmm. um, in my case. In my case, right now, it's just um, because I don't want I don't want the extra level of commitment for the time being, uh, because I'm also helping out some of the sites admin, so I have to split my time between translating and doing some of the administrative stuff. But I, I do help to look through some of the applications as well, uh, the recruitment applications. So you know, once people start giving you money, you're 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 obligated to pro you you have to ensure that you provide what uh what you've said you will you you do so you know if i if i would would come up with patreon and i wasn't able to keep out the advanced chapters or whatever i would feel like you know i'd be letting down whoever is supporting me so i choose not to do it i mean i do have sponsored chapters i do have sponsored chapters and i i for, i fulfill whatever whatever chapter uh sponsor goals are met but that aside not much else maybe if i move on to a, a new novel i'll set it up but not right now. And also, we are planning to launch a new site soon mm -hmm. on Volet. Oh. And that will have some in-house Patreon functionality. Like, we'll move all the Patreon stuff in-house instead, which will, make, um, which, will make, which will make publishing all the advanced chapters and stuff a lot easier as well. Because uh, you probably don't, don't know, but if you're a translator and you do Patreon, you know that it's really, really an administrative hell getting 
getting all the chapters up. Not only do you have to post on the main site, you also have to post on Patreon. Yeah, and uh, that's also why uh, Wusha World started doing their, their VIP system uh, three months ago. So three, no, it's been four or five months by now. Wow. So is it going to be, uh, have you experienced Wusha World's version of that right now? And is that kind of what Valer's going off of? Or do you have your own special version that you guys are creating? Because this is the first I've heard of you guys going to a uh, in-house new website pay system. Um, yeah, we are probably going to, we haven't really ironed out the details yet, but we will probably be going in Wusha's direction, doing something similar to them. So it'll still be free reading. Everything is free. Um, but for those people that want to support uh, support the site, maybe they'll be able to you know pay a monthly subscription and then they won't be able to see any ad. They, they won't have to view any ads while they are reading the chapters and stuff. So everything will still remain free. Of course, you know these are all just tentative details. We haven't I, we haven't finalized anything, but that's the plan for the time being. Cool. Yeah. I mean, I'm all for adless reading because that's one of the most like even doing the readings of this MC is kick ass. I'm like, okay, got to close this ad. Okay, got to close this ad. All right, scroll down, get this ad out of here. Um, is this like is it open knowledge that you guys are doing a new site soon? I haven't seen anything about that on social media yet. Mm, we're not we're not actively promoting it because you know the site's still in the works. But we have mentioned it here and there on uh, places like Novel Updates mm. and on, on the off post. Yeah. So is there... But it hasn't really publicized. Is there anything like really cool that you're excited about with the new site that, that, that you know for sure is coming? <laughs> it's, it's more of all the back end stuff that I'm excited about because um, uh, things like uh, automatic table of contents updating and stuff. It's more of quality of life changes. That, that I'm looking forward to because posting a chapter actually takes quite a while. You have mm -hmm. to set up, you have to set up the the page links and all that for each individual chapter. So that, that actually takes up quite a lot of time. Actually, the, the one of the things I hate the most about translating is posting a chapter. <laughs> do you do you have to do it yourself or do you leave it to anyone else to do it? Yeah, <laughs> you have to do it yourself. <laughs> Can't you just get on Fiverr and find somebody who'll do it for five bucks a week? <laughs> or I guess. I, I guess I guess you could, but but you know it's. Uh, and yeah, this, this is all back band access as well, so it's better to keep it, you know, within our the staff. Yeah, I mean, I know that uh, there was a famous story of somebody in America who outsourced all their work overseas without letting their boss know and like worked. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I <laughs> and I'm like, oh, is that how you're doing it here, Sigil? <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> let me uh, let me throw something out because you told me a little bit before the show about this story because we have a. Uh, we have this picture on the main page of this MC is kick-ass where it shows uh, translators and it says made in Rosie with little hearts and has a, a little emoji, which at first I was like, oh, is this the waifu of one of you guys? But now I'm, I'm wondering, uh, tell me a little bit about made in Rosie and how this came to be with the, with the little anime chibi. Um, made in Rosie is actually, actually Rosenbach. He's a guy. But um, because, you know, the name Rosenbach sounds so girlish we, we ended up treating him like a girl and his nickname his nickname is rosie because you know rosenbach the short form the, it naturally shortens to Ro rosie <laughs> and uh the thing is the, the thing is the the thing is he has such he, he, he he's a really interesting guy he's a really fun guy and he has the most amusing of reactions when whenever but, you treat him like a girl so so it, it just kind of stuck it just kind of stuck and <laughs> Uh, to add to the inside joke, I went and edited my table of contents and found a nice picture. Found a nice picture and stuck it there. Stuck, stuck it right under me. <laughs> 
What is what does he think of that? Is he cool with it? I I think I think he knew about it, and then I think he vomited blood. Um, yeah, metaphorically vomited some blood, and then he moved on. <laughs> so amidst translating, are there any uh, current novels that you're staying up to date on, like chapter by chapter? Uh, not so much actually. Nowadays, I'm I'm moving. I don't read as much Chinese novels as I used to before I translated. Nowadays, I read I read more Western stuff. <laughs> Uh, um, because uh, because uh, last time when I first started, I, I read uh, the stuff on Wuxia World, uh, all the cultivation novels like Coiling Dragon, I Shall See You in the Heavens. And then I read some stuff on Volaire as well, uh, CEO. My, my wife is a beautiful CEO. And yeah, after that, I started picking up translating and, you know, my time went into translating instead. And then I was kind of like, oh, yeah, I've, I've had enough of Chinese, so I'll read some English stuff. <laughs> and, and also it's because um, because it's uh, web novels. A lot of the stuff we, we translate are all web novels. Mm-hmm. So the, the level of writing isn't really standardized. And um, if, you, if, you really wanna, if you really want to go about expanding your English, you know, finding out the best ways to go about phrasing stuff, it'd be best to read stuff that is natively written in English. Because people tend to be more creative writing, uh, when, when it comes to writing in your own native language. And so I prefer to read English novels so that I can I can see, I can pick out any interesting words, any interesting turns of phrases that people use, and then I can try to incorporate that into my own writing to, you know, upgrade it. So how you are very fluent in English. Is that, is it very, because you're in, uh, you're in Malaysia, correct? No, no, Singapore. Singapore. So is it is yeah, it right, just, is right it very is it very common for people who are grow up in Singapore to have English as their second language and be as fluent as you are? Um, actually, English is more or less the main language. Really, <clears throat> English is more or less the main language. Um, proficiencies vary, of course, but English is the main language. So practically everyone knows how to speak English, especially if it's um, you know people of the younger generation, those people that are under that are under their under 40, 40s or younger, English is the main language. So is translation just kind of like second nature to you then because you already, you read and write English and you read and write in Mandarin. So is, was it easy getting into translation originally or is there kind of a learning curve with kind of... Uh, the, the, learning, the learning curve was actually pretty high. Um, really? Because, because my Chinese is shit. <laughs> my Chinese <laughs> is too shit. <laughs> I, it's your I, own fault I, then. <laughs> We, uh, in Singapore, we, we in our secondary schools, we take uh, our O-level examinations. I'm not sure if you've heard of it. It's some standardized international test. So I nearly failed my Chinese. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, at least, you're, at least you're really proficient in English then. <laughs> yeah, good thing my English isn't shit. Otherwise, I'd really be shit all of <laughs> So, uh, question though, is, is translating like your full-time gig right now? Are you like, uh, are you studying for something or are you moving towards a different kind of job or what, what's your path? Um, right now translating is my full-time thing. I was, I was doing it part-time last time. I was doing translating my free time uh, when I was working, but I, uh, left my old job. I wanted to try giving translation, translating full-time a shot. So maybe about six months to one year. And then I'll see how it works out. If, it, if it's good, I'll continue. Otherwise, I'll just probably push it back, push it back to a sideline thing again, push it back to the sidelines and then and, and work a full-time job. Uh, so how long have you been doing it now then, full-time? 
full time, a couple of months, two or three months. Oh wow! So it's very new to you. What's uh, what's been the hardest thing to cope with now that you're not like leaving to go to work every day? Hardest thing, I guess, finding the motivation to do work. <laughs> <laughs> is is it easy to just become a homebody and not not leave the apartment? Um, yeah, it's it's easy for me because I'm a bit of a mushroom. <laughs> I, I like staying at home. So sit, sitting sitting in my room and just tapping away at the computer all day is is. It's easy as long as I, I can stay focused. Otherwise, you know. So one of YouTube. the YouTube. Okay, one uh, of the you, things YouTube that. Oh, sorry. Yeah, no problem. Yeah, I'm done. Oh, so one of the things that I found with doing a podcast about this kind of content and doing like YouTube content is that the more the more you have to do it, the 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 more you don't want to do it. Um, and I enjoy doing it, but it's still one of those things where it's like. I used to read these novels as an escape, like a relaxation device. And now like suddenly sometimes it's like become work to a certain degree. I'm like, Oh God, I have to like read these chapters. Otherwise I can't do the show. Um, so I've been trying to figure out other ways to cope with that. So now I have another rea- I have another way of relaxing. It's like, so when you were working your, 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 uh, your main job, and then you were translating on the side and now that you're translating full time, is it a lot harder to like, take like be excited about doing the work like did you have to find something else to like relax outside of translating now or is it still fun for you um i think part of, the, part of it is because of my novel itself not so much the story but the way it's written uh i think that there's a trend here for chinese novels like the the more interesting the story is the more screwed up the writing is as well <laughs> <laughs> so, so um, turn, turning turning it into into nice nice looking English is actually a bit of a it's actually a bit of a challenge, and sometimes yeah, I, I'm I'm like you, you know, it's, it's really a bit. Of a tra- I really have to drag myself to translate. Um, I've looked at some other people's novels and, and I'm like, oh wow, this is so much easier. I, I wish I was doing this instead. <laughs> um, but yeah, you know. In Indian work is still work, and, and I gotta do it. But uh, I mean, that's also another reason why I don't read as much Chinese novels now. I move to Western novels. It's it's a bit of it's a bit of everything, you know, to improve to improve my own writing, because I was never much of a writer, uh, and I didn't read as much books last time, read, read as much novels last time. So uh, it's 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 to just improve my English, improve my writing. Uh, get away from from Chinese. Get away from my work. As a get away from my work, and also because I found that I really like the lit RPG genre, so I've just been reading tons and tons of that stuff. Did you ever play any of the uh, MMORPGs? Oh yeah, yeah. I used to play a lot of them. I was never good at them, but I, I played a lot of them last time. What was your What was your addiction of choice? Mine was Final Fantasy XI. No, I played. Final Fantasy fourteen. Um, back in the day, I used to play Ragnarok online. Um, tons of other, tons of other Korean, Korean Chinese stuff. You know, um, Aura Kingdom and stuff. Yeah. What I think is uh, really Black funny. I always think it's funny, like reading these novels. Like, uh, Rainbow Turtle translates a lot of them. Like, um, Overgeared, for instance. Like, I read it and I'm like, oh, okay. I know this person. I know the person who's written this novel has played Diablo 2 and uh, even uh, Legendary Moonlight Sculptor for like straight up has references to Final Fantasy XI all over it. 
And then like uh, show me the money. You can see some references to other games. Uh, obviously, one of the shields, I think, in that or yeah, in that sword back hold is from Diablo 2. Like I love seeing the references to all the MMOs that I've played. Um, is there any that you found in this MC is kick ass so far? Because I'm only five chapters in. I haven't had time to like read it yet. So I'm I'm excited to see what you, you say about that. I think I think DMK you can consider it as more gateway novel into the into the lit RPG genre because um, it focuses it, it actually places more focus on the real life and uh, romance interactions between the characters later on. There's, there's not much of it at the start, but it has around a 60-40 split between real life and game interactions, oh, and wow. the game elements are actually quite light. So for people that haven't that, that haven't really been exposed to all of these uh, lit RPG or game novels, uh, game novels kind of stuff, this might be a good place for them to start, where you know they they're, they're not inundated with all, all of those gaming terms and stuff. Yeah, and I found it's a, it's a little bit interesting because it's like a lot of these novels that I've seen lately are all either transmigration or reincarnation, and this seems like it's just a straight up like straight to the core somebody playing a game, but also living life. We haven't experienced, I'm in the five chapters. We're still in the game. So we haven't actually experienced, uh, her real life yet. But, uh, what can people who read the novel expect in terms of situations? Like, is it like the situation where she ends up in fights with gangs or something, or does she have to protect her family or does she get really, really rich? And then she's dealing with rich person problems. Like what can we expect when we read further into the novel? Um, it's more of a slice of life. The day the the real life elements are more of a slice of life kind of genre, uh, coupled with romance. So in the early stages of the novel, it's just how she goes about living her life, her interactions with her brother. There's a lot of focus on her interactions with her brother, and also you know it being a Chinese novel, uh, you you can't forget about all those fl- face slapping stuff. Yeah. So later later on she, uh, I think it might be a spoiler, so I better not say it. Um. Uh. So she finds out that uh, there, are other, there are other girls that come along who try to steal the guy she likes. And then, you know, she shows off how much better she is. That, that's where the face slapping elements come in. Uh, game-wise, game-wise, uh, she's a bit of a Mary Sue. <laughs> she's a bit of, she, she's a, bit of a, uh, of a Mary Sue. So, and even in, even in, the, in the game world, it's still, there's still about I'll say about 50% focus on her relationship with the guy she likes because the guy she likes is uh, she knows him in both the real world and in the game in the game novel. She doesn't know that at first in, in the game world. She doesn't know know he's the same person at first, but she she later finds out. Okay. So, yeah. Yeah. So yeah. it's it's like it's simple, but because of the simplicity, they can focus more on the characters. Mm, yeah, yeah. There's a lo- a lot of focus on the main character itself. Uh, main character, and then the rest of the attention goes to her brother, and her 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 love interest. Okay, and then uh, so people obviously should go check it out at uh, Valera Novels right now, and they should also give it a, a rating and review on Novel Updates. Right, that helps you guys out. Like, why why should people do? Why is it so important for fans to go to Novel Updates and review the novel? What does that do for you and the author? You as the author, or the, not the author, but the translator. I think, I think it's to give people, um, not so much for me as a translator. I mean, of course, you know, if there are small reviews on on the novels page, it'll show that there's that many people actually looking at it and paying attention to it. Even if it's a bad review, 
if there's lots of reviews on the page, it shows that you know there's there's interest in the novel. Um, but more than that, it gives the readers an idea of what they're going into, so that they don't feel like they've wasted their time when they read the novel. And also, um, another another aspect is that again, this is for the readers. Uh, I find that good novels, those novels that are um, nicer to read, are uh, have a rating of at least three point five and above. So you know, if you have a good rating, then people will be more inclined to to click on the novel and read it. Hmm, okay, so so people should go do that after they check out the novel, or if they read the, or if they listen to the five chapters on the podcast, and then dig it and then start reading it. They should go to novel updates and help you out. Um, let's see here. I, I want to move a little bit more towards something a little weird. I'm curious because you mentioned that you had uh, done translation for Chidian in the past. Uh, oh no, no, not translating for Chidian. I used to translate a Chidian novel on my own because you know a lot of people just. When they first want to translate, they'll just pick a novel, and because Chidian's library is so huge, they inevitably end up picking a Chidian novel without knowing it. And I would pick a Chidian novel, yeah. Okay, so I totally misunderstood that. So let's move on to a different topic then. You said that you write in your free time, but you haven't done it very often lately, and you want to write a novel. <laughs> what would you. Know? When I said writing, I meant like translating, because translating oh, is okay. actually a bit. A bit like writing as well because you know there are, there are different styles of translating there's transliteration where you just translate the thing wholesale or you can um try to adapt it properly you can try to um change the sentence structure so that it fits better in english and all that that's what i mean how to go about making it look better in english how to present it better make it look like look like it was a proper english work instead of something that was just translated from chinese to english so you, so like, that's why you're essentially doing that. You're you're rewriting the novel and adapting it so it's easily understandable in English. As I mean, as I can it's, tell, like by the fact that I can look at it and read five chapters right off the bat without having any grammatical errors, like that's pretty. You guys are obviously doing a really phenomenal job with it. If if that's the case, uh, it's not so much rewriting as it is just making tweaks. Got it. So yeah, um, so like. One one thing that I really really hate seeing in Chinese novels. I mean, every everyone everyone's free to do. You know, every translator has their own way of doing it. Everyone has, so you know, they're they're free to, to translate it however they like. But personally, what I really hate hate seeing in translations is things like, um, this person directly said, this person or or he directly jumped into the air or or something like that. You know, directly. Even though the word directly appears in the Chinese in the original Ross, it doesn't translate well into English. It just doesn't make sense. It's a super, it's a superfluous word. So I like to remove that. Like, of course, you know, depending on the context, whether it's really necessary or not. And even if it was necessary, I'll change it to a word that's more English friendly. Like uh, he directly said, uh, in English, you could translate it as he he went straight to the point and said, you know, that kind of thing. Yeah. Okay. Mm. So yeah, it's just making it flow better instead of rewriting. Yeah, yeah, it's making it flow better instead of, instead of rewriting. Otherwise, it might be things like restructuring the sentences. Maybe um, he, uh, in Chinese they might say he said this, and then uh, and then speech. Whereas in English it will be speech followed by he said. Hmm. You know that kind of stuff. And this is a very simple example. There's more extreme examples that I've done before. And I've probably had to sit and sit there for like 10, 15 minutes wondering how to go about best presenting it. But yeah, this is just to give you a rough idea. And also on that note, 
Um, yes, well, I do put in a lot of effort to make sure it sounds right. My editor, my, my editor works just as hard to make sure there's no mistakes. My editor, Purple Dragon, works just as hard to make sure there's no mistakes in my translations. Uh, you know, I think I miss out anything. Cumulatively, like between you and your editors and any of the assistants you need, how much time do you think it takes to have one chapter start to finish ready to go to be published? Uh, I would say on average is about four to five hours all in. Wow. So so you're looking at like cumulatively you've produced on this MC is kick ass. It looks like the last uh the last release is three seventeen. Or is that just a is that just a bookmark? No, I think this is uh, yeah, it's it's open. See mm, yep, that should be the latest one. I actually need to go and post later today. But that should be the latest one I need to check. Well, so that's fifteen hundred hours worth of chapters right off the bat basically that's pretty pretty damn impressive um it says the final bat battle so i'm assuming this novel might be close to the end at that point or is that just the beginning like how many chapters is this mc's kick-ass total or is it ongoing uh, some, some of the chapters some of the, the titles are a bit um misleading <laughs> I, if, if I, I would change it but you know i i don't i don't want to go about distorting the the what the author writes and stuff. So I just leave it there, even though I'm looking at it and scratching my head. <laughs> because because um, some of the titles are the final battle, but it's more of just preparations for the final battle. Oh, because it has the one next to it, which is usually what that means. Um, how how many chapters are... Is this ongoing? Is it completed in in its, in its the RAWs? Or is this ongoing? Uh, it's, it's completed in the RAWs. Uh, it's, the translations are obviously ongoing, but um, it should be finished soon couple of months. Okay, so do you know how many chapters are in total in the Raws? Mm, yes, the Raws have about 300 over, but in my case, I split some of the chapters. I, I split some of the chapters because I, I like to have a bit more time to work on the chapters. But at the same time, I don't want people to wait that long between uh, for for each for each release, so I, I split them up. and So, you know, it's a bit of a compromise. I get more time to work on the chapters and people still get to read something. Yeah, that's a good point. And then, uh, so, what do you do? You have any idea what novel you're looking at to to knock out next? Because if this is gonna be done in a few months, you're gonna start the new year with, with something fresh. Are you gonna stick with VRMMOR PG novels, or are you thinking something new? Um, I'm thinking something new right now. I'm still looking around, but uh, I'm keeping an open mind. Uh, anything goes. Hopefully, uh, I'm. I'd like to try and move on to a guy novel after working on a female novel. You mm -hmm. know, one of each. Um, but. Right now, I've got nothing planned yet. I'm still, I'm still trying to find something that's good. Something, you know, that I think would be a crop pleaser. <laughs> and are you going to take your team with you? Like, do will Teapot and Koo and, and Rosie be working with you on the next novel too? Or does it kind of just depend on them? Oh, actually, actually help us, really. Um, uh, I'll help us, especially I'm more of an ad hoc thing. Because um, they just help. They help whenever they have the time. So, and at least personally for my team, I don't place any pressure on them. So, you know, if they can do it, then good. If they can't, then I'll just continue working on my own. But most likely, as long as everyone is, is willing to, I'll pop all of them over to the next novel. Oh, cool. And then at what point in your life do you start writing your own novel? Will that happen? <laughs> um, I actually think I'm not that creative of a person. And, you know, 
um, writing writing your own novel requires a certain level of creativity. I think I, I'm at that point where I'm good enough to fix up what someone else has has written, like make it sound a bit nicer in English. But I'm not I'm not good. I I, I don't have the creative juices to go about writing my own originals. So um, maybe sometime in the future, in the far future. But for now, I'll I'll just be sticking to translated novels. All right. So last last thing I'm going to ask of you here is. I, you know what an elevator pitch is? Does that, does that make sense to you? Uh, elevator pitch? No, not really. So an elevator is, is pitch, just, an elevator pitch, pitch is like the, uh, the equivalent of like, you're stuck in an elevator with a Hollywood producer and you have a TV show that you want to pitch and you want them to give you money to make it. Uh, so you have like three sentences to grab their attention and make them want to build this idea with you. So that's what, that's what the concept of an elevator pitch is. So right now you have... All of my viewer base and anyone who watches this, which is probably a total of thirty people, <laughs> no, I'm, I'm downplaying. I don't, know, I don't know how many people watch. Uh, watch. Uh, but basically, anyone who hasn't checked out this MC is Kickass in like thirty seconds, pitch it to them and tell them why they need to check this novel out. I think I can probably do less than thirty. <laughs> <laughs> uh, if you're if you're interested in you know if you've never read a game novel before. Or you know your girl, your girl, you like romance, but you've never read a game novel before, and you're interested in you know step, uh, getting your feet wet, getting to know 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 how the genre is like without being um without being overburdened by all the game mechanics and stuff. I think this would be a good place for you to start. Uh, yes, it's nice slice of life. Nothing's too serious about it. The novel takes itself very like uh, it's all very lighthearted. Um, but there's still romance, you know. There's still romance to keep your interest there. And there's a bit of game stuff mixed in to keep things fresh because you know, game game novels aren't all that mainstream mainstream of a thing at, at the moment, at least in the Chinese market. So, or you know, if you're the type of person that likes to read lit RPG novels on the Western side of things, this is your chance to fit, to see how the Chinese go about doing the Chinese take on game novels how, uh, work. And that's it, right? That's that. That's, yeah. that's okay. <laughs> I was like, I don't know. Is he, is he giving it pause for dramatic effect? Uh, <laughs> well, thank you so much for coming on the show, man. It's been great talking to you and talking about this MC's kick-ass. And I hope a lot of people review it, novel updates, and uh, and check it out. Because, you know, I'm enjoying the first five chapters. I'll probably keep keep reading it from here. Because, you know, like I've been really digging these VR MMORPG novels. And especially I like the ones where you don't know what's going to happen next. Because so many of them are, oh, reincarnation. I know exactly what's happening next. Which I dig, but I'm also like down for the, the surprise aspect of it, you know? Yeah, yeah. Th thanks for having me on again. And also, I wasn't expecting the live reading. So thanks for that. <laughs> it, was oh. nice. it, was nice. it was nice having my novel read up. Yeah, uh, if you want me to, I can still do six through ten. I might, I might still do it anyway, because you know, I figure if I'm doing, if I'm gonna be reading, I might as well record it. You know, right? You're gonna be doing something anyway. That's why I'm starting the Twitch channel for video gaming. That's why I have this channel. I'm like, you know what? I'm already reading these novels. I binged through like four complete novels when I first started this. I was like, oh my god, I'm spending so much time on this. I might as well be doing something with it, right? So, I mean, it's 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 pretty fun. I, I love talking to all the translators. Like, it's really cool having you. It was really cool having the support of, like, Et Valer and Deathblade and, and all the people who are with with, uh, with Valer novels. Like, they're all really cool people. Like, shout out to Salutu, uh, Gren, Tina Linja, uh, Jay Juko Kuhn. Like, all these people are super cool. So it's really cool talking to you, to you guys. Yeah. Yeah, it, it's, it's really great. Yeah. Uh... 
it's really great talking to you as well because you know I've never been on a podcast, so <laughs> this is a fun experience for me. Cool. Well, thanks so much for coming on, and I'll send you the link and everything. I don't, you don't have any social media, so I can't tell people to follow you. But is there anything that people can hit you up on? I know uh, Discord. I have you're just uh, on Sigil as yeah, on Discord. Yeah, hit me on, on Discord. I'm, I'm quite good there. So you know, if you want to just chat, hit me up the chat. If anyone just wants to chat with me on stuff, they can just ping me, and uh, I'll be there. All right. Well, thanks so much, and I'll talk to you soon. Yeah, thanks. Talk to you soon. Well, that was cool, guys. That was really cool. I, I enjoy when the conversation can just flow and I can always just jump on to the next uh, next question without thinking about it too much. You know, sometimes I get too caught up in my head having to think of like, oh, what's what what do I want to ask? What do I want to figure out? And I, I think it was really cool to actually dive into team translations because, again, like we haven't really covered that on the show before. So I think it was exciting. I learned a lot about how that works and how it's like basically when they're available or when they can do stuff and how you plan out chapters and work as a team and how there's a novel lead as opposed to just like three translators thrown on a novel. Um, really cool that he got with at and then found a novel. That's really cool. That it seems like he really likes a lot. I think from the first five chapters, you have a basic understanding. The translation's really well done, which I think is, is pretty standard for, for, for Valera novels. It's standard for Wuxia world. They're my two favorite websites to read on. Uh, if anyone has novel recommendations, to check out or translators to reach out to you, definitely welcome to comment or to give me a shout out like on Twitter or whatever to, to have me check some stuff out. Or if there's another website I should be checking out that has these, because I know there's like, I don't know, is Gravity Tales still around? Are there other places where I could be reading? Uh, let me know. Aside from that, I always want to shout out AfterBuzz TV. I've been working there for six years. Uh, uh, it's been lots of exciting stuff happening lately. I do the. I just finished the Killjoys After Show there. If you love Killjoys, check that out. Plus, I started the Gifted After Show. So if you are a fan of the Gifted, the uh, X Men TV series, basically on Fox, check that out. It's called the AfterBuzz TV Gifted After Show. Starting episode two this next Tuesday, so you can always be a fan of that. And AfterBuzz covers so many TV shows, so you can always. Always welcome to check it out. I've learned all my broadcasting stuff, hosting skills, interviewing skills, and everything from that. So if you want to support me, you can always support them. As always, go to iTunes. You can download this podcast on iTunes. Leave me a rating and review. So you can do two things at once. You can literally hit that like button, go to novel updates, and rate this MC is kick-ass, and be like, oh my god, I heard about it on this show. And then you can go to iTunes and rate and comment, and then I will give you a shout-out. Uh, I don't think I got any ratings in the last three days, so I, I won't be doing that now. But if there are any new ones by the next episode of this, I for sure will. As always, thank you to everyone who's been watching. Thank you to everyone who supports the show and, and shares it and retweets it and likes it on Twitter. You guys are the best, and I wouldn't be doing this without you guys because it is really fun to like communicate with people who are into the same stuff I am because literally in my personal life, there's zero people who read this stuff, which is really upsetting because they all should be. But that's it. Go ahead and follow me on Twitter at Stephen Lemieux. Follow the show at Immortal Index and subscribe on YouTube at Immortal Index Podcast. That's the show, and we will see you guys next time. I'm...